Hello and welcome to Backflips and Nerds, the baseball podcast with a British twist. I am your host this evening, John McGee. And my guest this evening, or afternoon his time, has spent parts of four seasons in the major leagues during 16 years with the Milwaukee Brewers franchise, but is perhaps best known as one of baseball's best users of social media and fan interaction. He's now back in his spiritual home of Nashville as part of the Rangers organization, a franchise where he owns both the wins and innings pitched records. Welcome, Tim Dillard. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Man, it sounds makes me sound really important when you say it in a in a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 a it's a funny. Well, I'm pleased. I'm pleased you say that. You 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 won't know this, but I'm from the part of the UK that is is basically you know like in in the states there's a bit of a stereotype that people with a southern accent sound like a bit dopey yeah, yeah? Oh, yeah. so i'm from the north of england and it's the same thing right oh yeah people are like yeah, this dopey. guy can't yeah. be intelligent he sounds but for you you just think i sound like hugh grant right so i'm gonna take yeah. that <laughs> yeah i i just got you wearing like a three-piece suit sitting in your living room drinking tea that that's yeah. my own fault you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing none of those things. I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm, wearing black, I'm wearing a black hoodie. I look scruffy. I'm sat in my back bedroom. <laughs> well, I will say this. I, one of my favorite shows ever. And I think I think, yeah, I would say it's my favorite show ever is Sherlock on. Uh, it's on Netflix, but it came on BBC. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you watch that show or not. Maybe it's boring to you, but I find no, I've it seen super it. fascinating. Yeah, I love it. The culture and just the way it's shot. And, you know, I, to me, I just deep down I, I need to get over there i need to get over there and visit because that's kind of, that sort of thing is my jam yeah that, that 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 is a lot of fun there's some really good uh really good parts of london that you can go and see that that we're in yeah. that we're in sherlock uh, what i so i work in i don't live in liverpool but i work in liverpool and it's one of the the many uk based tv shows that uses a mm-hmm. lot of liverpool as london so there you go. You can go to Liverpool and see it too. <laughs> Ooh, trivia. Nice. Yeah, yeah. There's some good trivia for you. So um, thanks very much for joining us. I, I, I wanted to start by asking um, how it feels to be back in Nashville. I imagine it's quite Ooh. surreal. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, every year for the last probably seven years, I thought I was done playing. <laughs> At least my wife and I were like, all right, let's figure out something else for you to do. And um, I kept getting a job and kept getting a job. And now it's like the, when the brewers didn't get into because all the leases were up and the brewers were going to try to get Nashville again. And I was going to try to sign back with the brewers for the 17th time. And um, anyway, they didn't get it. I got a call from somebody at the brewers. like, Hey, man, we're not going to get Nashville. Sorry, probably not going to sign you back. I was like, well, this is it. I'm done. And uh, but then I got a call from the Rangers. They said, hey, we just got Nashville. How would you like to you know, play for us? And I was like, what? Like, who who is this? Is this a prank phone call? Like, <laughs> Is this some sort of joke? Because it's really awesome. And it just awesome things don't happen to minor leaguers like me. So, um, but it's been amazing. It really is. I get to go to the field, play a game, come home and, uh, and, you know, wake up and fix lunches for my kids and get them off to school. So uh, that's the dream, right? If you can't be in the big leagues, you get to play triple A baseball where you live. Yeah. Not, and not many people get to do that, right? You are, you are almost uh, like, a diamond aren't you in that yeah office, right? i don't know about it's a, taking you seven years to get there <laughs> a unicorn or a sasquatch probably yeah uh, exactly. yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty rare you see one in the wild like the loch ness monster you know or something but... <laughs> <laughs> that was a good attempt at a british accent yeah. i enjoyed it a bit of dick I told, van dyke about it, it. <laughs> sorry if i break into a 
to an accent. I try not to, but I don't know. I feel inspired today. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad I've had some influence on you. I was going to ask you about that. About you, you, so you did a really great interview with Levi Weaver during during spring training, where you talked about yeah. that fact that for the last six or seven years, you you really have been thinking, you know, that that's it. No, the 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 call isn't coming. And you, you said to Levi that you you were wondering about what what, what would you do next. So m- my question was, and because you, you, you never really got into that detail with Levi, what what was it? What was in your head? What 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 was the plan for next year if the Brewers or or the Rangers didn't make that call? Oof. Well, I I don't know. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I I actually just don't turn anything down. I just keep going. Like um, like this podcast, right? You you said, <laughs> hey, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, yeah. Like I just I want to just do. You know, because that keeps you away from what should I be doing? You know, if you're always doing something, then, you know, maybe that leads to something else. And I don't know, maybe I'll do broadcasting or maybe some kind of coaching thing or maybe maybe I'll crack the big leagues this year. I don't know. Uh, But when it comes to being done playing, um, I I just feel like the Lord's going to give me something to do. And whatever that is, I'm just going to do it the best I can, because I don't know, I, I just. Over the years, if you try to control what you're going to do next, especially in baseball, you, you have no idea. You have very little control. And I've actually learned that that's, that's kind of the way it is in life. You know, you don't really have a whole lot of control of what goes on, but you do have control of how you handle it and what, you know, and, and how you interact with others. So for me, that's probably more the priority rather than what specific thing am I going to do next. But I don't know. Maybe I just rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. I don't promote robbery. Ugh. If any banks go down in Nashville uh, and, and people in the yeah. States just happen to be listening to a baseball podcast, you know, yeah. one of the many, many podcasts that could be available you know, that might be local to their area, then, you know, you've just incriminated yourself. But I think yeah. you'd be OK. Um, I, I like that attitude. I think that's awesome. You, you know, I, I think that 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 shows a, a man of experience a man who's come come to come to terms with with the place in the world so we'll, we'll come on to the social media stuff in in a moment but i sense from what you're saying about just wanting to do stuff that that might explain some of that uh, too but we'll we'll, we'll stick on, you know at, at, i idle idle mind is a is a place for 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 poor for difficult thoughts right um yeah yeah so i, I wanted to ask a couple of questions about um your background in, and your grounding in baseball so for, for people who who haven't maybe come across you other than on social media your 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 dad steve of course was was a pretty good player himself in in the 70s and in, and in the 80s mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to ask you what what was the best thing about growing up with with a, a pro ball player as a dad and and what was the worst <laughs> um i wouldn't say there's too many you know bad things except he was gone you know during mm-hmm during certain times of, of my life. And I, yeah, I just didn't know any better because you're a kid and you're just like, this is the way life is, but I don't have any hangups. You know, my mom's all the time calling me or asking me, were we good parents? We did the best we could. And I'm like, I'm fine. Kids are resilient. I never got to watch my dad play, but he did coach mm-hmm. um, for most of my life. And after I was born, he was actually coaching. Uh, that was his first year is the year I was born. So um, I kind of got to see that aspect of it. Grew up in the clubhouse. And, you know, he taught me everything I knew about baseball. But one thing he didn't do was force us. Me and my, I got two older brothers. Like, but he never forced us, hey, you have to play baseball. You should do that. He gave us every opportunity. He just wants to be on a team sport. You know, hey, if you want to play soccer, if you want to play basketball, football, whatever it is, just go outside in the yard and play. Like, be part of a team. 
get to know the kids in the neighborhood. And that's what he did. He created um, a safe, you know, place for kids in the neighborhood to come. And, you know, we had a little league field in our backyard that my dad made and we had a basketball goal and, you know, we had all the sporting equipment. Our, our garage looks like a, you know, an old park and rec facility, <laughs> you know, like, but that was attractive to people. People like, Oh, I can, they, they just dropped their kids off and there'd be 15 of us playing games in the backyard for all day until it was dark. I grew up in Florida and, you know, the only times that we didn't play out in the yards when it was raining for 30 minutes and then we would play again. <laughs> so to me, looking back at it, I just had an advantage in a lot of ways. Um, as far as baseball, having a good understanding of what goes on. But at the same time, now that I have kids, you know, I, I, I can see the things that I loved and the things that maybe I didn't like as much about growing up in the baseball world that I can press upon my kids. And so I've kind of in turn tell my kids, hey, I just want you to play a team sport. If you gravitate towards baseball, great, but I'm not going to force it on you. <laughs> yeah, that, that well, that's a, that's a really good lesson, I guess, to learn. And uh, yeah, it sounds like a, a really fun, exciting childhood <laughs> to have with those, those opportunities. I mean, uh, may, maybe that's where you've got your clubhouse magnetism from, Tim, from the, the, the time <laughs> when you had the little, the little league field well, in the backyard. Yeah, well, this is the, this is the home away from home. Like right now, I'm just pacing in this clubhouse. I've shot probably, I don't know, 10 videos over the years in this clubhouse. Um, I've seen it when it was, we're in Iowa right now. Mm -hmm. And I saw it back in the day when it was like a smaller clubhouse and when they renovated it. And, you know, just there's there's a history there. It's just, mm -hmm. I don't know, and have an appreciation for that. And I tell guys all the time, the young guys, you know, it's not all about you. It's not all about you. Not everybody's looking at you. Not everybody's, you know, here for you. What ha What happens in a baseball game it's not just the players on the field. It's, I mean, sadly, I hate to admit this, but the umpires, they're part of the game. <laughs> um, but definitely the fans. But then even take it a step further. It's all the people that, you know, like get the equipment from when, when we arrive in a city. You know, it's the people that take care of the clubhouses. It's people that take care of the fields, the field workers. It's the people that take the tickets. You know, it's the people at the concession stands, the people parking. Like it takes a small army to put on just a minor league baseball game every mm -hmm. single day. And I was like, if you come to the field with that appreciation for, man, it's not all about me, that this is a huge thing, um, it, it's a fun experience. You know, you don't get down on yourself. You don't sit there and, you know, it's easy to get out and, and, and talk to people and interact with people knowing that we're all trying to do the same thing and we're all trying to do it the best we can. Do you think that the fact that you've you've been around in that environment for such a long time has allowed you to develop that appreciation or is it something that that was sort of in in your being you know the fact that you have been to Iowa uh, you know eight to ten times over the course of the last five or ten years and you know the the care and the attention that's gone in gone into everything including that visitors clubhouse is, is that something that you've developed over over the course of your career? I, I think that if you don't grow in every, every year there's probably something wrong Mm -hmm. And uh, and I know the tendencies of young guys, young guys, they think, OK, well, I got to worry about me. I got to worry about me and I got to take care of what I can take care of. And, you know, to to a certain extent, yes, you need to be trying to get better at your craft. You know, if you're a small guy that runs, you need to work on bunting. Right. If you're mm -hmm. a, a pitcher, you're working on trying to hit your spots like you're always working on stuff. But it doesn't mean you have to be selfish and just worry about yourself and put yourself in a bubble. Right. Because you, you that the tendency is there and say, well, I'm not going to interact with anybody else. That's going to make me a lesser baseball player. But what I have found is that, no, you want to be a good ba baseball player. You want to you know, get away from all the worries of this game and the worries of this life. 
it's digging into the people that are around you. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's in every aspect. It's whatever your job is, you're going to work hard at your job. You know, the extra stuff and the stress that you put on yourself doesn't have to be there. You can sit there and, you know, instead of thinking and letting that eat you alive, like go horizontal, you know, look at the people that are around you. Um, because those are the people that you're going to do life with. I'd spend more, you know, as much time with people in the clubhouse as I do my own family. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you think about that that way, um, it helps you love, you know, the people around you. Sure. And I, I wonder, is, is that the same in the majors as it is in the minors as a, as a guy who's had a taste of both? You know, my, my experience of, of both obviously is, is just as a fan, but having been to both minor and major league baseball, that there is a very different feel, you know, that the minor league um the minor league teams are like a, they're a community institution and is it maybe easier to to have that appreciation for the the bat boys and the lady selling that you know the cups of tea and and, <laughs> and, and and the concession guys in a minor league place or the guy who always sits in the same seat and he comes to every single game in the or or is it is is it different or or is it the same for you i would say it's it's about the same mm-hmm. um it's just a bigger operation there's just more people uh, being in milwaukee as long as i have i got there as like a uh, a player and then there one time they called me up to do social media in 2016 another time hmm. they called me up let's see, i think last year they called me up to do three games of broadcasting so when i walked in you know having parts of 10 11 yeah 11 years uh at miller park off and on you get to know the guy that right when you walk in the metal detector guy <laughs> you know you get yeah. to know some of the fan relation people um, I walked around the concourse and saw somebody that used to be like one of the ball girls that would throw with the outfielders down the line and get the foul balls. Like you start realizing that, wow, this is, this is life. It is interacting. And, uh, and if, if you start thinking that your job's more important than somebody else's, then how can you truly get along with them? How can you truly understand them or love them when you're on your high horse kind of looking down? Um, and I think just, I don't know. It just makes me feel good to see the people over and over again. And I'm like, Hey, you're still here. I'm still here. Like we're still doing this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a camaraderie thing. And to me, it makes everybody it makes the, the team bigger. It makes the team grow. And, and that's what it's about. So in the spirit of that, obviously the, the transition to, to, to Nashville, which is, which is your home has made this mm-hmm. a little easier than it might've been. How, how difficult oh, yeah. was it to, to leave the Brewers who were, were a family in, in the big sense and in, and in the smaller sense, having been in Nashville and in, and in Colorado Springs with them for, for the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. That was, see, we played there in San Antonio, Texas now. Uh-huh. And I faced them the other day and, uh, and that was, that was kind of weird. Um, not, not pitching to them, but just seeing them. You know, because mm-hmm. when you get to know guys and you know their parents and you know their wives and their kids and their their families and, you know, you eat together, mm-hmm. you room together for so many years. And uh, now they're on the other side of things. It's like, what is the etiquette there? You know, because mm-hmm. as human beings, like, is it OK to talk to your friends? Like, absolutely. You should still be friends and, 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 uh, and converse in that way. But then there's a certain professional level where it's like, OK, well, I'm, I may have to get you out later. So I can't really talk to you that much. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So, hey, man, you're cool, you know, because you're a pitcher. I won't face you, but you're a position player. I can't talk to you right now. But um, <laughs> I, th- I thought it was going to be hard to leave, you know. But as soon as I walked in, like it, just from day one, as soon as I signed with the Rangers, I mean, it's been pretty amazing being part of the family. I got a text message from the GM. I got a text message from the big league manager. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought me to big league camp. I got to meet everybody. Um, they not once made me feel like I didn't belong. And it's, 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 it's to me, the family, my family's just grown. That's how I feel. That's awesome. 
Um, so you said in answer to an earlier question that you feel, you know, you, as a as a human being, it, it it should be within you to to grow year on year. I, yeah. One of the questions I wanted to to ask you about your career is is if you observe how you've been as a player, that it's kind of been a career of reinvention, right? Because you were you were a catcher initially, and then you became a pitcher. You were yeah. a, as a pitcher, your role has changed from starter to reliever. You're a guy who's played around with your arm slots. You've become a guy who who more in in the in in the later part of your career, you've been as much a, a part of the clubhouse culture as you have been a contributor on the field. Is that is that? the sort of outward manifestation of you growing as a person or is it just you adapting to to what what your role needs to be in in baseball as a sport yeah i mean that's a great question i you know if i hadn't have listened to coaches and reinvented myself i probably wouldn't still be playing i probably you know if i was a catcher this whole time my knees would probably would have blown out or i wouldn't have hit good enough or something like that but i don't know like i said before if i'm a if i'm a unicorn and i kind of just stick around and i keep doing unique things I don't really know why, but what I do know is that every day there's, you're going to learn something as far mm -hmm. as baseball wise. You can see something on the field, every single game, you can see something new if you're looking for it. But then before the game, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's about having fun. It's about showing people that, Hey, you, you'd like to be where you're at. Like if you go to work every day and you look like it's miserable and your boss fires you, how could you get mad? It's like, Oh, but I really want to be here. It's like, well, we watched <laughs> you for, you know, five years, you didn't do anything. Like you hated being here. I, I tell my kids, like, wherever you do, whatever you're going, like whatever you decide to do that day, whatever, just act like you want to be there. You know, you'll grow to love it. If you don't love it, if you do love it, make sure you express how much you love it. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I feel like a lot of times the grind of a season, it's easy for, it's easy for a player to sit there and go, you know, I'm kind of over this. And I think just in my experience, I learned like, no, there's every single day you have to realize that there is no other place you'd rather be. You know, you can't control whether you're in the big leagues or not, but you can control your attitude on where you're at. And you don't want to be anywhere else. If you do want to be somewhere else, then, you know, you can make that happen, too. There's the door. You can leave. <laughs> but if you're here, be here. Be here mentally and physically 100 percent. Was that never difficult for you, though, when when you, you know, you were playing in, in teams with these guys who were the hottest talents in baseball, you know, the, the, the Ryan Brauns of yesteryear and oh, yeah. the Keston Hurers of last year. And, you know, they're, they're destined to be one of the great players in the game. Were you thinking, what, why, why am I the guy who always has to change and always has to like paint a smile on my face? Did that never get to you? <laughs> well, you know, I, and I say this all the time to, you know, my parents or my wife or, you know, whoever, like, I just wish I was better at baseball. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> You ever just wish you were just better at something? Like, I just wish I was better. Oh, yeah. Like, man, I look I look at some people and they're super talented. And it's like, man, if I could, if I was just left handed, you know, one off season, I'm just going to try to throw left handed, see if that'll work for me, you know, or, or maybe, oh, look, man, this guy can just hit the ball like everything. Also, um, but we all have different talents. We all have different things and you know there's nothing wrong with wanting to be better like but i try to utilize my talents as best i can and and one thing is knowing that there's a lot of guys i've played with that are younger than me that are better than me that, that can't find a job you know that are done playing that had to retire and you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna keep doing what i do because apparently somewhere in there i i figured out a niche of something you know and Instead of trying to search about what that is or what I'm doing every day, I just 
I go the opposite direction. I have no idea what I'm doing every day. I come to the field <laughs> just knowing that <laughs> I'm going to see something I've never seen before, and I'm going to pay attention to the people around me, and then I'm going to pay attention to the game. I love that. That that I mean that that for me is is why I love baseball in that it's a it's a sport that is supposedly around three true outcomes. There's only certain things that can happen when a when a when a batter steps into a box and a pitcher gets ready to pitch, but literally oh, yeah. anything could happen, right? That that's why it's yeah. such, that for me is why it's such an amazing sport. And yeah, your attitude seems to extend beyond that. It's great. Yeah, well, one of the things is too, like you this is a game and I mean this may be true for a lot of sports, I'm not really sure, but for baseball, you can go out there and do literally everything right and lose. And you <laughs> can do everything wrong and win. It's just, that's what it is. It's very strange. And, you know, you can't control that. All you can control is the moment uh, that you're out there. So if you're out there, you got to know, you got to think ahead on where you need to be in certain situations. And that's all you can control. That's all you can do. And as a pitcher, you release the ball. It may be the best pitch. You may have the best scouting report and you may have the best feel and the umpire zone's amazing, you know, and the mound is awesome and it's perfectly, you know, 75 and sunny outside or whatever. And you throw the best pitch ever and break the guy's bat. And you're like, ah, that's how could you get better than that? And then all of a sudden the ball spins funny and a guy dives and he can't reach it, you know, and the guy gets a double. And you're like, what did you do wrong? Did you do something wrong? What's a, what's a coach going to say when that happens? Nothing. They're going to say, man, that's just tough. You know, that's just part of the game. And that's what it is. It's being able to relinquish some of that control, knowing that I can't control the outcome, but I can sure control my effort level and my preparedness and do the best I can when I'm out there and leave the rest of it up to, you know, the powers that be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as, as a, as a guy who, who sat and watched Chris sale pitch hundred miles an hour for the first time <laughs> ever from the stands last year, only to lose one nil to a, a pretty rough Tigers team off three seeing eye singles. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm sure, I'm sure that Chris sale would as well. Um, so, <laughs> We've sort of skirted around the, the the issue a bit, but we we must, when when talking to you, Tim, talk about your your use of of social media and and your and your, your videos. So you're you're well known for for your videos, spoofs of films and TV shows, playing pepper on the field with your teammates with different bats every week. How did how did that all start? Other than you know what you've suggested earlier on that you you just like to be doing something. You know you've got you've got idle hands that need to be working. Yeah, I, I was um, thought I was done playing in 2013. I was in independent ball in Pennsylvania, living with a family. Uh, I was living in their basement. I hadn't seen my family in about, a, I don't know, three weeks, maybe a month. And I just, I was kind of going crazy a little bit. Like, I just, I don't know. The game was beating me down. The situation in life was beating me down. And, and uh, my wife was like, you know, if you're done playing, it's good to have social media so that you can make connections. Uh, she majored in marketing, so she saw it as, you know, this is the opportunity to make connections. And so that's kind of what I did. And But at the same time, I was like, I don't know. I don't want to be businessy. I don't want to be political. I don't want to be negative. So I made a pact with myself that whatever I post on social media is going to be just for fun. And mm -hmm. that's all it is, is try to, you know, do something stupid, do something fun. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I did that. And she totally regrets it now that she brought, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she got me to do that. But, uh you know, what it's turned into is just that, you know what, there is so much negative stuff out there, especially on social media. Uh -huh. And it's, you know, it's hard to sit there and try to come up with something positive every day, not for me personally, but for just in general, like go look for something positive on Twitter. It's really hard to find. 
think that's fun. Um, in in ways when I start out with zero followers and then you know fast forward six years later I got like forty thousand follow followers. But basically it's because people don't want to see a bunch of negative crap all the time because mm. that's easy. Negative's easy. Negative's lazy. Anybody can do that. It's it takes no effort to be negative and lazy. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's fun to just show that hey, you know the the best thing I get is when little kids, not little kids, but like ten or fifteen year old kids will tweet me and they go. I want to be in that clubhouse because that's the whole thing. Like we're making this game attractive to kids and go, you know what? That's what I want to be when I grew up. You know, it's not a negative place. It's a fun place. And we get to translate that in such a way that everybody looks good. The players look good. They don't mind looking silly. You know, the team looks good because they're willing to let me do it. (laughs) Hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a good time. And I think that's attractive to people. Yeah, for sure. And and for for those of you who, those people listening, maybe who haven't seen, some of your clips which which ones would what would be your your sort of primer what would you say watch these ones first these these (laughs) these are my greatest hits yeah i would say well we do uh, commercials we do uh, music videos we do movies movies are great um some of my favorite ones we'll, we'll do like a like five or six guys will have lines and we'll just get into a room and we'll all it's like a play we put on a miniature play and so most of the videos are about one minute long and I'll take a three-minute scene from a movie and, and break it down to one minute. And then we sit there and we all have our different roles that we play. We point at each other and do this stuff. And then we do it in one take. And then at the end of it, it's just, I don't know, it's really fun. We did <laughs> one from Ant-Man in spring training that was really good. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys had different speaking roles and we kind of just went around the room. Um, Anchorman is probably the easiest ones to do. That one's just hilarious. But uh, we did a music video, Old Town Road. We did that one yeah, yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, I sold that one. <laughs> yeah, but like we all just get our own little role and then we kind of roll with it. And it's just it, because what people don't know is that just because they play baseball doesn't mean that they're not creative. We have a lot of creative minds in the clubhouse, a lot of guys with a lot of talents. And, you know, you don't get to see that because there is no MILB network, right? Like yeah, there's, a, sure. <laughs> there's an MLB network, but there's no MILB network. So. To me, it's just letting letting the world know or, you know, whoever follows us that, hey, these guys have personalities, too. They're human beings and they happen to play baseball. So that's just instead of, hey, this guy's a baseball player and, you know, he can also do other stuff. It's just an identity thing, because mm-hmm. um, if you're in this game and you can get labeled with this game and the next thing you know, everywhere you go, you're just, hey, you're the baseball player and mm. you start buying into it. And mm. then at the end of your life or at the end of your career, um you're sitting there going like well, now what do i have if baseball's yeah. gone now who am i you know and there's a it's a real thing for a baseball player there's um, loads of tragic finding, stories about that aren't there yeah. hundreds oh yeah yes yes absolutely i mean there's it's endless and it happens every year so um it, it's helping guys try to realize that hey your identity is not a baseball it's not who you are it's just what you do that's awesome so how how much of how much of it is you you know how many of the ideas are you and and do you, do you get your your colleagues and your teammates coming up to you and sort of whispering like, I think I might, I think I might have one. I think I might have one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got people. I got people I've never, you know, on other teams. Like, hey, you should do this. You know, and <laughs> right. get messaged all the time. <laughs> but uh, you know, everyone has a say, and I tell them, I was like, you you have an idea. You have to be in it in some capacity. You you either got to be cameraman. Or you got to be, you know, a headliner in the in the small film, <laughs> my short films. Um, but like something, you got to do something. You can't just give an idea and then leave. So, uh, but that that's, it's a real good give and take. 
on ideas, but usually it starts off with an idea that I'll come in and I'll go, Hey, I think we should do this. And then it, when guys get involved and buy into it, it evolves, it evolves into something that you're like, can't believe, uh, this got, you know, th that we put this out there and we didn't know exactly what we were doing. It kind of just came out organically. And I had a guy tell me the other day, like, he goes, I've seen you make these videos. And until I was a part of one, I didn't realize how much fun it was because mm. here's the thing we had, we make all these videos and it's really fun, but, um, to watch, but the funnest part is when we actually do it. So one yeah. day I'm going to try to get like a behind the scenes camera for what we do, because we're, it's nonstop laughing. Like we just <laughs> can't believe that we're just doing this stupid stuff. And, uh, anyway, it's a really good time. And, you know, it's just, it's the stuff that people do in the clubhouse anyway. It's just mm -hmm. now in the last, you know, however many years it's been okay to kind of pull that shroud where people can actually see it. Yeah. So uh, on, on the same token, there are some players who, who you see in your videos who, who you you look at them and you think that they're, they're having the time of their life and also that <laughs> doesn't surprise me like hunter pence and chase darno surprised <laughs> they're enjoying it but are, is there anyone who you you have been surprised at how either they were desperate to take part or you twisted their arm and then they really enjoyed it like someone who is maybe has a reputation for being a bit a bit buttoned up but who got really yeah. into it um well just just in spring training i thought it was really good you said hunter pence we did the game of thrones one him and joey gallo mm. and uh so i got uh, we're they, it just started we're sitting at a table and hunter pence made a comment about game of thrones and i was like hey you want to be in a game of thrones video and he just stopped what he was doing and goes yes i was like okay <laughs> I, ha I have an idea for one he was like he goes what is it and i told him what scene it was you know you know nothing john snow <laughs> and i said who do you want to be john snow and he said joey gallo and i was like ooh. <laughs> I was like, you know, he, you know, Joey's awesome, but he's not the most outgoing at times. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll see if I can get him. And so I brought it up to him and he just was like, I can do it. I can do it. I promise I can do it. I was like, all right, cool. He practiced for like, <laughs> I mean, he practiced for like an hour for, to, to really make like one line. And so we shot it. It only took like two takes. The first take, we were just basically listening to it. And then the second take, he nailed it, and he was a he was a natural. And as soon as I was like, "That's it," you know, I turned it off. He would just bust out laughing. He was like, "Oh, that was so much fun!" Oh, like, oh man, like I didn't see that coming from him, but he really broke out of his shell for me. I thought that was great, and the video was actually a hit. <laughs> yeah, it was. I saw that. One. It was awesome. I w I want to know why he wanted Joey Gallo. Is is it because he's <laughs> yeah? I don't know. Because he's small, right? <laughs> yeah, he's a giant human. No, I think because he just has that smoldering Jon Snow, dark hair, you know, beard. He might have been the closest thing we could have had to, to doing it. But that's what I love about doing the videos is is people, you know, always credit me with the videos because I, I guess I post them. But mm -hmm. a lot of times, like, there's many where I'm not even in them because I just I want to direct because I, I have the two people or four people or whoever. And I can only do the camera like I want to be the one that does the camera because I have this idea in my mind and I don't. I can't convey it to anyone else. So sometimes I just have to go, I can't be in this. I need someone else to do this, uh, the acting part of it, because I, you know, I have another role that I want to take on. So um, that's what's neat about it. I think a lot of people don't even realize, like, just because I'm posting it, I, I'm barely doing anything with it. It's their idea sometimes, and it's, it's, uh, it's other guys putting it together. Cool. So is there anyone on the, uh, on the same lines? Is there anyone who you've gone to with an idea that you just thought would be an absolute killer, like a proper viral hit, and they've just said, I'm not doing that, Tim, go away? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, there's some guys that's just not their jam. You know, I played, mm-hmm. I've been doing this. This is my 17th season and I played cards for like 10 of those seasons. I've played board games and cribbage and, you know, there's guys that watch TV. Now we have phones all the time. So like mm-hmm. you can literally crawl in your locker and watch, you know, Netflix. And that's great, you know, and, and that's fine. I just have done all that. So I'm kind of like, this is the next wave for me to have fun in the clubhouse. And there's some guys that just aren't there yet, you know, but there's, I've only played with a couple of guys that just, you know, couldn't get them in for nothing, but I always find a way they're always in the background somewhere. I told them, I was like, just walk by. That's it. That's all I'm asking you to do is walk by. And they're like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you always find a way to twist their arm. <laughs> yeah. Like Jurassic park life will find a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely did um so <laughs> what would your advice you you've done social of course to the brewers you've, you've you've been in the booth for the brewers what what would your advice be to to major league baseball or to the brewers brewers about how they need to to harshal, harness social media or, or 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 even technology in general what what if they said you know you're you're the you're the baseball social media guy we've we've got to sort this out what would you yeah. what would you be saying to Rob Manfred or, or whoever? Um, I, I mean, I, I can speak for the Brewers because I know the people that run it and they all the videos that they make and the team that they've put together uh, because I know them and they've done as good as anybody. Um, I remember the Giants years ago did the full house theme, like the mm-hmm. whole theme song, and they used like different players on the team and they just reenacted in different spots around San Francisco. And to me, that's what you got to do. You got to just break that that barrier of saying these are real, you know, tough guys that play baseball and this is all they do and they're robots and you break it and you show people like, no, these are humans, Mm. you know, that have lives and this is part of their life as they play baseball. Um, I, it's hard to give too much advice because I don't really, I'm learning something every day and I don't really know what I'm doing, but I guess I'm doing something. Okay. (laughs) But I would say, you know, when I'm done playing, I would love for a job in something like MLB network where I get a pass, like a, mm-hmm. a pass that I can walk into every stadium and then just talk to the players, like just mm-hmm. hang out with them. That would be cool. And get them to do different things. Like, you know, take uh, Andrew McCutcheon and we go to the mall and we just, I don't know, start putting a puzzle together and then we can put up a sign that says, help Andrew McCutcheon, you know, put, put together a puzzle. <laughs> How cool would that be? I would love to do a puzzle with him. <laughs> and, and, and then you film it and then you're like, Hey, here's us doing a puzzle together. Like, to, and that's fun. I don't know why it's fun, but what it does is it's making guys relatable. And mm. that's really what it is. If, if baseball wants to you know, let the kids play and you hear all this stuff and they're really trying hard about breaking that barrier where fans can you know, interact with players, then that's the next thing. It's the next thing is not making stuff a big deal with a thousand camera crews. It's more intimate than that. Give me, you know, I have my phone and we go shoot little things where I'll go walk around and interview fans and, you know, it's fun. That's. I want to know why you want to do a puzzle. I don't, I don't know. Like he <laughs> seems a... like a really chill dude. But what? Why I know. Puzzle, right? <laughs> I just feel like he'd be good at puzzles. I. I don't know. I just saw him on the MLB Network not long ago, and I just that was the first guy that popped in my head, and I thought, you know, I've been trying to get my youngest kid. He's three, but he's not really interested in puzzles. So I was just like, I don't know. I had puzzles on the brain. So maybe yeah, Andrew, I, Andrew McCutcheon's the guy to get your three-year-old into yeah. puzzles. <laughs> maybe. Or you could take someone like, who's another player? You get Christian Yelich and, mm-hmm. and let him bag groceries at the grocery store, you know, like in Milwaukee and not tell anybody, almost like a hidden camera type thing. 
you know, and then he can help people like take the groceries to their car. That, that would be fun. I think that'd be neat. And if you want to go the, even the bigger route of like at the end of it, you know, something like that, he, he pays for their groceries, that kind of thing. Like just, just that stuff where it's not a huge production. Cause I, I don't really like it when you see all those, those cameras or those photos and they're this big hype moment and they make players walk in with their Jersey, you know, and they shake hands mm. and they do all that. It's all staged. You know, it looks mm-hmm. all staged. And I think people know that. So they kind of go, eh, yeah, that's probably scheduled. But then when you do something behind the scenes, I, it's, I call it taking the Bill Murray approach. You think yeah. about Bill Murray and that guy just pops up all over the place. He'll like show up at weddings, you know, and, <laughs> and start dancing or singing on stage. Um, and people don't even know he's there. And I've got to, I got to meet him one time. He has a BlackBerry phone, which I didn't even know they made BlackBerry phones anymore. So he's wow. kind of off the grid and he does these <laughs> things that are absolutely viral and amazing. So why can't baseball have that where you just do something and then later on everybody finds out about it and it's really cool. Yeah, I'm, it's it's the type of stuff that you do hear about baseball players doing quite often. Maybe maybe you're the guy to just, you know, get get that across to people. Yeah. That's that's your that's your mission in life. That's what you do next, right? <laughs> yeah, the the documentarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you some some quick this or that questions because uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think some of them are going to be quite difficult for you. So I just want you to try and give your instant answer if you can. Um, but sure. if, if you have to um and ah, then then by all means do. Um, so I know you're a big Star Wars fan. So I'm yes. going to ask you. So would you, who 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 would you prefer, Admiral Akbar or Boba Fett? Uh, prefer for what? Like just hang out with. Just whatever. Take it however. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I guess I'd really want to hang out with Boba Fett, just kind of hear his story. Um, I don't know. Not no offense to Admiral Akbar. I just don't feel like I could go eating with him. Like say <laughs> we went and had sushi or something and he's a fish creature. So, um, you know, that, that would be strange, but yeah, I would say Boba Fett. He's legit. He's going to, but Akbar's going to be a messy eater, right? There's, there's going to be yeah. crumbs everywhere. <laughs> well, I don't even know what he eats. You know, he'd be like, it's a trap. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. yeah. Do you oh, think well, he- I actually... I've been to uh, Skywalker, um, where is it? Uh, oh, uh, Skywalker Ranch oh, in wow. San Francisco. I actually got to visit and see a lot of the props and, and look around their little uh, storage areas. And I got really close. I took a picture right next to Boba Fett's costume. It was fantastic. Like the original. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Chills. Chills. If you, if you, you, you clearly are a guy who can get people to do things that they don't want to do. And if, if you, if you could get a free flowing con- conversation over a couple of beers out of Boba Fett, then that, that would oh, be yeah. your crowning achievement. It would be, it would be, I could die a happy man. Absolutely. So you said, um, before we started recording that you're a big fan of, of, of Sherlock. So would yeah. you take Sherlock featuring Benedict Cumberbatch or Game of Thrones? Yeah. Uh, definitely Sherlock. I mean, I, I think I've seen some of Game of Thrones, not all of it, and I get that it's good writing and acting and all that, but I mean, the Sherlock show is so well put together, top to bottom, and Benedict Cumberbatch is just, I don't know, I feel, feel like he's a cool dude, I feel like he's smart, he might teach me something, or <laughs> get me a job, he may get me a job acting. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe as uh, the, the director of photography, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Or a guest starring role, I'll just be guy in background, that'd be great. <laughs> so um sunglasses or beanie Ooh, my hair is awful but i don't like staring at the sun so i'd have to say sunglasses the beanie is just there to, to cover up my 
my hair. But as soon as I'm done playing, I'm pretty sure I'm going to shave my head. My wife's kind of sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll you'll still need the sunglasses, and you'll need some pretty pretty high factor. You've got to shave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe add some sunscreen to the dome. The last one of these I think might be difficult. Is is baseball or social media, or are the two coexisting these days? Um, I mean, I would always choose baseball. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just a, it's, it's, you know, social media can't give me health insurance yet um, <laughs> for me and my family mm-hmm. or a paycheck, but uh, it's, it's a, it's a good outlet is what it is. It's creative outlet. I'm, I, I didn't know this about myself, but I guess I am kind of creative person and baseball, especially as a pitcher, doesn't let you bring that out. You know, they, they tell you what to wear. They tell you when to show up, they tell mm-hmm. you what to do where to go, where to play, all that kind of stuff. And so you don't really have much creative outlets. And that's what social media became for me, um, where I can share my thoughts and ideas. And I mean, I write movies and, you know, all sorts of stuff and come up with products. And I don't know, I just, that's kind of the way my mind works. Um, it's, I'm a little hard to be around. You're lucky you have an ocean between us because <laughs> I come across, <laughs> I come across, I'm a lot. My wife tells me I'm exhausting at times. She's like, you're just kind of a lot to take, you know? And so, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the social media aspect is it's just more of an outlet but no baseball's baseball's the uh definitely the way to go great well i i, I did expect you to say that and i'm, and I'm glad you did so my, <laughs> my last question uh, following on from that was was about your legacy in baseball i feel like we've kind of talked about that quite a lot during the course of this conversation but without touching yeah. on it directly so in that in that brilliant piece that you did with Levi which I'll make sure I link to when I put this out both John Daniels and, and Chris Woodward talked in that in that piece about your outlook on baseball and we've talked quite a lot about that and how it's in what you think is important is and what it boils down to is being kind to people and looking out for people is, yeah. is that what you want to be remembered as as a player or, or is there something else I would say um, when it's all said and done anybody that ever came across me I want them to say you know what he he never refused the ball. Like he always wanted the ball. He always wanted to pitch. He never shied away. He was ready every day. I've uh, I've never missed a game due to injury in my career. And, wow. you know, to me, that's that's a I didn't I can't control that a lot, you know, because mm. you can do everything right and still get hurt. Guys prove it mm. every single day in this game. So um, I've been one of the guys that's been very fortunate. So, yeah, to be ready to play every day. But I would say I would take it a step further and say, man, um, when it comes to how I'm looked at in this game, I would love for people to say something like uh, he, he didn't focus on maybe what was going wrong with him because you can't control whether you're in the big leagues or the minor leagues or you don't have a job. I've played in Mexico and Venezuela and independent baseball. Um, and it's not really about that because if it's about your circumstances, you know, and your circumstances are bad, then that's how you're going to act. You're going to act in such a way where you're disappointed and you're negative because of where you're at, as opposed to it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, you know, to mm-hmm. move past that and to, and to realize it's not about you. It's not mm-hmm. about you. If you go out there and you do good, it's still not about you. You go out there mm-hmm. and do bad. It's not about you either. You know, it's about everything that you're, that you represent, you know, you lose as a team, as a team, you win as a team, you're, you know, you're representing your family, all that, like, there's way more to just what your circumstances are and not to be defined by that. Because I'm going to be honest with you, if I had it my way, I'd have about 14 or 15 years in the show right now. But <laughs> that, that wasn't my path. And so I could sit, I could sit around the clubhouse and sulk about it and complain about it. 
Or I could sit there and go, you know what? I had, you know, the Lord had different plans for me and I wouldn't have met the people that I've met in my career had I not gone to different places and been different places playing baseball. Um, so it's hard to put a price tag on that because some of the people I've met are some of my best friends ever. And the places I've gone, I've just had amazing experiences and I've learned so much. So I can almost say, that, yeah, I wouldn't be the, the person I am now had I gone to the big league. So I would say, hey, it's not about what your path is. It's about what you do when you're on that path. Mm. Yeah, that I'm. That's just uh, an amazing outlook on 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 life and on the game of baseball. And I think it's a a, a, a lovely way to end what's been a, a really engaging and wonderful chat with you, Tim. So thank you very much yeah. for your time. Before yeah. you go, before you go, I just want to say, is that is there anything that you want to say? put over any anything you want to sell anything anywhere we could find you on the internet now's your opportunity <laughs> yeah no i just i mean if you want to follow me on social media it's at dim tillard um but rather than that i'm kind of glad i held my uh my british accent to a minimum <laughs> <laughs> hello governor i'm sorry this is all this is just what americans do that's my fault oh, yeah i know <laughs> so um Thanks, Tim, or should I say Dick Van Dyke? That's been uh, absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we'll catch yeah, you on it, social media and hope, hopefully back in the big leagues with the Rangers later on this year. Awesome. Man, that's the dream, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.